0: Well, oh, good, good morning. So we're in week three of our series, "Haunted House," and we start this series out kind of talking about what is your fear. You see, each one of us has some type of fear, and it may be spiders, it may be snakes, it may be something else. But all of us have some type of fear, and one fear that a lot of us have is that fear of talking to someone about talking to someone about Jesus. We, we kind of worry about the what-ifs as we go through that, that whole process. And in week two, we, last week, we talked about that fear of the unknown. You know, that what's going to happen if I talk to someone about Jesus? You know, how's it going to go? And, and we fear not knowing because, you know, in, in a world of instant gratification, fear of the unknown becomes real. When you don't know what the outcome's going to be, you start to have that fear of the unknown. And even as Christ's followers, we'll have that fear, that, that fear of not knowing what's going to happen, and especially if we have no control, you know, because most of us like control, and it's that reality of, I don't know what's going to happen, and we'll let it just stop us in our tracks. We'll we'll let it just stop us from doing what God's called us to do. Now, today we're going to talk about another type of fear that will stop us in our tracks. And ultimately, you know, I almost decided not to, to do this subject on fear, because unfortunately here in the U.S., we don't have a very good perspective of it, however... Christians around the world deal with it on a regular basis, and it's that fear of persecution. And that fear of persecution, even though we think of it as, you know, people dying for their faith, each one of us deal with persecution on a daily basis. We deal with the persecution from family, friends, loved ones, and co-workers. We, we, the, our society today will persecute us for being followers of Jesus Christ. Now thank God we live in the U.S. because that persecution isn't like the persecution that's overseas. And I actually want to share some statistics with you that if anything should bring you to your knees in prayer. Now these numbers come from opendoorusa.org which is actually a ministry that brings awareness to persecution of Christians around the world. And they've got this top 50 world watch list. And in that list, over the last year, over 360 million Christians in the world experienced high levels of persecution, 360 million Christians, 5,898 Christians were killed because of their faith, 6,175 Christians were actually detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, and put into prison all for their belief in Jesus. 5,110 churches or Christian buildings have been attacked. 3,829 Christians have been abducted. And they actually have 10 countries that are on the extreme level of persecution list. And 7 out of them 10, the major cause of persecution is Islamic oppression. Thank God we live in the U.S., right? Them are some staggering numbers. And unfortunately, I think a lot of us, because we don't actually see it or we act like it doesn't happen, that we we don't worry about this whole fear of persecution. But it is real. You have Christians dying around the world for their faith in Jesus Christ, and we're afraid to go talk to our next door neighbor because we're afraid they might not like us. Or they may something say something mean to us. And we have this fear that we build up inside of us that gets so big and we get so anxious that we're afraid to do something. I'll give you an example. About a year ago, I went to the doctor, did blood work, and my PSA count went up like two points. Now, of course, it was still in the the range it should be, but because my PSA levels went up two counts, my doctor said, well, you need to go see a urologist. Let me tell you, you want to talk about some fear and anxiety? Because the last thing I wanted to do was go to this urologist, and then they said, oh, we're going to take some samples of your prostate. Now the fear got real, and the anxiety got real of, you're going to do what? And and I had this whole thing built up inside of me, and I mean, I was trying to come up with ways of how can I cancel this appointment and and not do this, but but maybe it's a good thing because, you know, hopefully there's nothing wrong, but there's something. So they go, they do all the testing and stuff, and I've joked with Patty afterwards, the fear and the anxiety I had before that test Made it so much worse than what it actually was. Now, granted, I'd never want to do it again. But I made it in my mind worse than what it actually was. And to this day, even though they found nothing wrong, none of my doctors can tell me what caused my PSA levels to jump up. And they're now even lower than they used to be. No ideas, but that fear, that anxiety that built up inside of me, And unfortunately, in our life, we can let that happen. We let it build up inside of us so much that it actually will stop us from doing what God called us to do. We will freeze in our tracks, we'll turn to be inward, and we won't want to go and do what God called us to do. And I think it's that same way when we start to worry about what type of painful sufferings we may have for following Jesus. You know, because everyone wants you, oh, I know God's going to be there for me, but But what about the anguish? What about maybe some suffering I'd have to go through doing what God called us to do? That's what we're called to do. Do not let fear, fear of persecution, freeze you in your tracks. Today we're actually going to look at three different areas that I think if we put into work and we put into our life that we can overcome that fear of persecution and continue to actually do what God calls us to do. To be just like those Christians who are willing to die and not denounce Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, we should be able to do the same thing. Because ultimately, persecution is a normal part of the Christian life. You may not see it here in the U.S., but persecution is a normal part of the Christian life. However, God will accomplish His purpose even through our pain. God's purpose through our pain is still going to be perfect. And with that, I think we know that we can overcome fear of persecution by simply trusting God and equipping ourselves in his word, digging deep into his word, basic information before leaving earth. We need to take it. We need to read it, be involved, and let it dictate our life. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew. But as always, the words will be up here on the screen. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. Let's dig in. But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance. Along with the persecutions and sufferings that that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Evil people and impostors will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you know that from your infancy you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, Heavenly Fathers, we dig into your words today. Lord, I ask that you... Open up our eyes that we can see what it is you want us to see. Open our ears so that we may hear your voice. But most importantly, Lord, Lord, that we will take what we learn in here today and that we will apply it into our lives so that we can get over the fears in our own lives. And Lord, may my words be your words and may you be glorified and make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So I think one of the first things we need to understand is, is to be able to overcome or not, be, not to succumb to the actual um, fear is we need to trust in God. That's number one. And, and it may sound so simple. like, okay, pastor, we know we got to trust in God. But do you really trust in God? Do you really know that he's going to protect you in everything? And, and I think a lot of times that's when that fear comes up where it's more of a doubt of, well, do I really trust what he's telling me to do? Is it really God telling me to go do this, or is it just my own self? And, and too many times we don't actually trust God to, to do what we actually trust ourselves to trust God to do that. But but here, the Apostle Paul actually reminds Timothy of the pain the suffering that he's went through. He, he's walked through it. He's been persecuted. He's had all of these sufferings. But it shows he trusted God. He even says that he trusted God through it all. And as he continued to go through all of this, he told Timothy, you saw this. You saw what I've gone through. He recalled all the sufferings the, as he served for the message of Christ. He was willing to do whatever it cost him to do to get the message of Jesus around the world. It didn't matter how many times he was beaten, how many times he was put in jail, how many times he was stoned. He was not about to let that persecution or the suffering stop him from doing what God called him to do. But yet in our life, we won't talk to our next-door neighbor about Jesus because we're afraid they might be mean to us. Think about that. Oh, they might be mean. They might persecute us. Christians are dying around the world to go tell people about Jesus. Dying, and we're worried that someone won't be nice to us. Who really has a fear or that trust in God? And if you got that trust in God, you're not going to worry about that. You're not going to worry about any suffering you may go through. Paul tells Timothy that persecution is a guarantee for everyone who lives a godly life in Christ. Think about that. Everyone who lives a godly life for Christ will be persecuted. So the question is, are you being persecuted? Are you currently being persecuted for you living your life for Jesus? And if you aren't currently being persecuted for living your life for Jesus... Are you really living your life for him? Or are you just kind of going through the motions? There should always be some type of tension when you're living that life for Jesus. Because there are people in this world who live by that darkness, and if you're the light, there's going to be that friction between the two of you. And if you get up every single day and you go through your life and there's never any friction, are you really doing what God called you to do? Are you talking to people and telling people about Jesus? Think about it. Because if you're not, are you really trying to live that godly life? Or are you just going through the motions? We, we need to live that godly life, and we need to understand that God's word says we will be persecuted. It's part of the life of being a Christian. So it's time for us to take them steps and get up and continue moving on. You know, he, he Paul's telling Timothy Timothy how not to fall in the face of it. In the context, <clears throat> Paul's teaching Timothy, he's telling him, stand firm. Stand firm in your faith. Stand firm in, in what you've done. Stand firm when someone is not speaking truth. Paul stood for the truth and he stood against anyone who did not speak the truth. He stood up for the truth in Jesus and everything that he did. And Paul actually lays out nine things for Timothy in verses 10 and 11. He says this, Timothy knew the content of Paul's teaching, okay? We know Timothy knew what Paul taught, and we know that Paul taught truth <clears throat> compared to the lie that false teachers teach. Timothy knew that Paul's what Paul's conduct was or the way of life that the apostle Paul lived. He knew that Paul was consistent in everything in what he did. He knew Paul's purpose to live for the spread of the gospel. Paul never let any opposition slow him down. He never let any opposition stop him. He continued to live for that. And Timothy saw his faith, his patience, his love, and his endurance that Paul showed while carrying out the calling, even through suffering and persecution. Now, understand, persecution and suffering are two different things. And some people may look at everything the Apostle Paul went through and said, man, he had a rough life. Was he really within God's will to go through all that pain and all that persecution? Well, yes, he was. And understand, persecution is actually the act of what got done to him. The suffering is what he endured after the fact. But if you notice in this Scripture, He said God was with him. Jesus walked with him through it all. He knew the Lord was with him, and even though he went through that pain, he went through that suffering, he went through those persecutions, he knew God was with him. He knew God was with him, that Jesus sustained him through it all, so he continued to go through what he was called to do. He never let that fear stop him because he knew God was with him. He knew that God was there to protect him. He knew that God was going to be with him in everything he did. Example of this in Acts chapter 8, verse 9 and 10 actually say this. The Lord said to Paul in a night vision, don't be afraid, but keep on speaking and don't be silent. For I am with you and no one will lay a hand on you to hurt you because I have many people in this city. You know there had to be many times that Paul endured this this persecution that that he had to maybe ask that question, where are you, God? But here in the end as he's passing on that knowledge to Timothy, he's looking back and saying God was there. God was with me through everything I went through. And I think that when, when we trust God, We don't have to fear what others may try and do or say about us. Because if our faith is in God and we're trusting in him, we know that we can continue to move on. And Paul tells us that persecution is part of being a follower of Christ. Part of being a follower of Jesus means that we're going to be persecuted. So don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when you tell someone about Jesus and they act like they want to stone you or beat you up. God's word says it's going to happen. Also, know God's word says He will be there with you. He will not forsake you. He's going to be there with you to help and guide you through what He needs you to do. But it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be a walk in the park to do what God calls us to do. I think the second thing we need to understand is you know, we need to trust in God, but we need to trust in our training. And you may say, training? What do you mean training? The the training that we've had since we've become Christians. For some of us, that training's been since we were little kids. For some of us, the training might be in the last six months or the last year. But trust in your training. And what I mean by trust in your training is is trust in what you've learned. 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus. If we trust in our train, if we trust what we've learned through spending time in God's word, through the Bible, through preaching and everything else, we will be grounded. It'll keep us grounded to the point that we know we can continue to move forward. But you got to have that training, and trust in it. And one of the things that dispels that fear of persecution is trusting in what you've learned. Trust in what you've learned through the teachings that you've listened to. For some of y'all, y'all been listening to preachers for 60 years or more. You've learned a lot, and you need to trust that learning. For many of you, you listen to podcasts and you're on YouTube or whatever it may be. Trust what you've learned. Trust the training in your life. You know, I remember as a kid growing up inside church, going back, trusting the training that I learned from my infancy. Trusting the training that I learned as I was a kid as I was growing up. And that's exactly what Paul is telling Timothy. Remember what you've learned. Remember what you've learned about Jesus and his word throughout the day. And Paul continues telling him to remain faithful despite persecution and encouraging him to draw his strength from the scriptures. That's where our strength comes from. Our strength comes from the word of the Lord. Our strength comes from him. And he explains that the the Bible, that primary tool, equips us for every good work. Every good work that we're going to do for the Lord, the Bible equips us to do it. But we got to take them steps to do it. And I think it's easy, interesting because you look at Timothy's mother and grandmother are the ones who taught him. So it was his mother and his grandmother who taught him. And in 2 Timothy 1.5 it says, I recall your sincere faith, faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced is in you also. Paul's reminding Timothy, who taught him? Who brought him up in the ways of the Holy Scripture? Think about that. Who brought you up in the ways? For me, it was my mom. For some of us, it's the grandmothers. <clears throat> some of us, it wasn't even our own parents. It was somebody else. But we got to remember what we were taught and remember what that person taught us, how they trained us up as young Christians how they've trained us up and and to uh, understand that God is for us. And understand we can't let anything cost us to toss them convictions away. Too many people will just toss it away and forget about it. But we owe it to those who taught us to be the foundation of what we do for God. Think about the person who taught you who first started teaching you about God's word. And when they look at you today, do do they see that they had that strong foundation in your life? And in some cases, you may not see that person anymore, but then ask yourself, would they be proud of the person I've become because of what they started in my life? Would they be proud of what I'm now doing? Would they be proud of me doing what God has called me to do? Or would they look at me and go, what happened? Well, why did you toss it away? We owe it to them because they gave us the foundation for our faith and the foundation for our life. We know that Timothy firmly believed. We're told in verse 15 uh, that the Scriptures can give you wisdom for salvation. Why would someone leave the Scriptures if it gives you wisdom for salvation? Yes, we accept Jesus Christ and we move on, but then it's that process, that whole process of that sanctification. And we get that through spending time and more time in his word by being taught and and learning more about what it's like to be a Christian. Yes, you can accept Jesus and never do another thing in your life. The thief on the cross accepted Jesus and met him in paradise that day. But if you're still walking on this earth, he has things for you to do. And it's time that we continue to learn and and be constant educators of ourselves in what God's Word says. Remember, the Scriptures hadn't completed its work in Timothy when he was a kid. His life continued to train. He continued to dig into God's Word. Just like all of us, we are never done. We never are going to know it all. Some of us may think we know it all, but we're never going to know it all. And I'm sure each one of us probably has questions that when we get to heaven, want to ask, yo, what was up with this? And in some cases, we're going to get there and it really ain't going to matter anyways. But, but I always say, there's a couple people I want to talk to. I want to talk to Job's supposable friends and ask them what they were thinking. Yeah, I want to talk to Jonah and find out what kind of fish it was. Not that it really matters, but I'm just curious. There's so many people in the Bible that I want to sit there and have that conversation with, and some of them ask them why, but it really isn't going to matter. Because what's going to matter is when I get there, I'm going to see Jesus face to face, and that's all that's going to matter. All the other isn't going to matter, all the stuff that I don't know, all the things that I thought I knew that were actually wrong, or the things that I was like, are you sure I'm going to see that it was true? But we got to lean in and understand and, and continue to learn what God's word has to say and what it has to say for us. You know, God's word says, Teach your children when they're young and they will not depart from it. And there's a whole lot of us who can say, Well, I taught my kids when they were young, but they departed from it. I think bigger than teaching your kids when they're young so they don't depart from it is when they see you participating and living your life for Jesus. Because your actions are louder than your words. What you do each and every day in your life is louder than you dragging them to church on a Sunday or dragging them to church on a Wednesday. Do you preach the Bible or are you the best version of the Bible somebody has ever seen? Because you are the only version of the Bible that some people may ever read. But I'll get the, you know, pastor, they were raised in the church from the time they were this high. I don't know why they left. Well, look at the lifestyle that you lived. Not the one you lived while you were in church, but the one that you really live that your loved ones see. Are you truly doing what God's Word says each and every day and allowing yourself to continue to grow and learn from it and actually live it out each and every day? And if you're not, I'd encourage you, today's the day. Make a change in your life and say, you know what? I have not been living it out. I don't treat my wife the way she should be treated. I don't treat my husband the way they should be treated. You know, that whole wives submit to your husband's. Well, husbands, remember this. Love your wife the way Jesus loved the church. I guarantee you loving your wife the way Jesus loved the church is a whole lot easier, a whole lot harder than them submitting to you. And maybe your wife don't submit to you because you're not loving her the way Jesus loved the church. It goes both ways. Be who God called you to be. And actually do what His Word calls you to do. Because you can't just act like it and expect people to believe it. you got to live that life each and every day. Let's continue. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we know we got to trust in God. We got to trust in the learning or trust in the process. Now we need to trust the Word. Understand, it says right here the Word will prepare you. God's Word is going to prepare you. And we're told that all Scripture from Genesis to Revelation is inspired by God, it is the breath of God, it is God breathed Word. And if you think about it, the Bible itself is God's action. It's the action of God, and you don't believe me, think about this. You got 66 books in the Bible written in over a 1,500-year period by 40 different people with 40 different backgrounds written in totally different places in three different continents, three different languages, everyone having their own literary, literary style, but yet you open it up and it flows together from Genesis to Revelation. How can you not see God's hand in his word? So if it's god breathed then guess what? We need to believe it, right? Not just the parts we want to believe either, right? We need to believe it all. Because there's way too many times we'll just pick the good parts. Well, I like this and this. I like this part about how he's going to prosper me. I'm not too sure about the part after it if I seek him. Can't I just get the prosperity without the seeking? Exactly, we want it though, right? We all want to prosper, but uh, you know, there's always something we have to do. So we'll take this good part of it, and Lord knows the false teachers out there in this world today are teaching the false part of it. You know, name and claim it. You can name and claim it all day long, but if you're not doing what the rest of God's word says, you can name whatever you want and try and claim it, and He's going to laugh at you because there's something we have to do every. Promise in God's Word is followed up by an action. The problem is we forget the action. We forget to do what we want to do because we just want it given to us. Trust in His Word. Believe it is His Word. The Word of God can teach, it can convict, it can correct, and it can train, and it will equip us to do everything God's called us to do. Everything he's called us to do. It also reveals the result of incorporating the the world into one's life. You know, we we need the word, not the world. We we need to take it, and when the scriptures handle it accurately, it'll give you everything that you need to serve the Lord. Everything you need to serve the Lord, you can find right in his word. But guess what? That means you've got to open it up. That means you got to read it. It means you need to spend some time in it. And I want to encourage you: open up your Bible every day. Whether it's a printed Bible, whether it's an U version app on your phone, or some other, app, and trust in your your learning. And you're going to trust in the Scriptures. You got to know what they say, right? And if you want to live your life for God, you got to know how He wants you to live your life. Live your life. And to do that, you've got to spend time in his word. You've got to take that time and equip yourself with what God calls us to do. And the only way you're going to equip yourself with what God wants you to do is by spending time in his word. Yeah, I think it's interesting, firefighters. You ever look at a firefighter, they got all this equipment they put on, right? And they put all this equipment on, and then they run into the fire. And that equipment protects them. Well, that's what God's Word does for us. As Christ's followers, we have equipment to put on. And God's Word is what equips us to go into the storm. It equips us to go into the fire. It equips us to go and do what He's called us to do. As Christians, we we're at ground zero in this world because everyone around us needs to know Jesus. And every one of us know people around us that need to know Jesus. Whether it's in our family, in our neighborhood, especially in our jobs, we know people who need Jesus. We're at ground zero, and the only way we can do it is put on the equipment that God has given us to equip us and go in and be a first responder for Jesus. Be that person who's willing to run into the storm for Jesus. Be that crisis intervention person. Lord knows we see crisis all the time around the world. We see crisis in our own family. And a lot of times, a lot of the crisis that we see in our family is built up on the fact that someone did something wrong. Someone did something they shouldn't have done. Maybe they did what they shouldn't have done because they haven't spent enough time trusting in God. Leading into his word. Listen to what he's called for you to do. And sometimes crisis just happened. You look at the Apostle Paul. He was persecuted for doing the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing isn't the easy thing. Sometimes doing the right thing is hard. But we as Christ followers got to do the right thing. Do the right thing in every circumstance you come across. Remember your training. Remember that you can trust in God, that he's going to be there to protect you. Trust in his word and move forward. We're called to be like first responders. We've got to engage and rescue in spite of any personal risk we might have on ourselves. If Jesus calls you to it, he'll bring you through it. But you know what that requires? It requires you to take a step. The first step is always the hardest. It requires you to take that first step to do what he's called you to do. Don't let persecution stop you. And truly understand that persecution is a normal part of Christian life. But also know God's going to accomplish His purposes even through our pain. Even through our pain, He is going to accomplish what He plans on doing. Think of the persecution, think of the pain and the suffering that the Apostle Paul went through. For God's purpose to be obtained. And God's purpose was obtained through everything the Apostle Paul went through. And we can overcome the fear of persecution by trusting God, taking time in His Word, observing what His Word says, and doing it. Like Nike says, just do it. Take the step. Take that step to actually say, you know what, I don't care if I get persecuted. I don't care if people don't like me. I don't care about any of this. You know what I care about? I care about doing what he called me to do. And be bold in that action. Be bold in them steps for him. He went to a cross to die for you. The least you could do is tell someone about what he's done in your life. That's all you got. Tell somebody what he's done in your life. And guess what? If they get mad at you and don't like you, that's okay. Pray for them. Give them to God. That's give them, Hey, you know what? You can be mad at me all you want. You know what? I'm going to pray for you. And as soon as you say, I'm going to pray for you, they'll probably get madder, but that's okay. Pray for them that God will open their hearts, that they will come to know Jesus. And don't worry about If you're not liked. At least you're not dying for your faith. You're not dying like they are overseas. And that should be a reality check. We actually have a fear of persecution and it's not fear of persecution like death. It's fear of persecution if someone's going to be mean to me. That's just crazy. Be bold and take them steps. And maybe you're here and that boldness may be to finally accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe it's that recommitment to to the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, I haven't been doing what you've called me to do. I've been laxing, I've been fearing persecution. I've been having this fear of talking to people. I I got this fear of the unknown, I'm just full of fear. Maybe it's time to just say, God, I'm going to be all in for you. Forget about the fear. Forget about being inward focused and say, I'm going to be outward focused for you, Lord. Maybe that's the step you got to take today. Like I said, for others, that step may be accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Taking that first step of obedience, even knowing that you're going to be persecuted for doing it. There's a reality check. Come to Jesus and get persecuted. Man, that's going to get a whole lot of people to accept Jesus, right? But just think, through that persecution, you're going to be more like him. You're going to be doing what he called you to do. And remember that our reward is in heaven. It's not here on earth. And if you're waiting to get it all together, don't worry about it. Because God's word says we're all sinners, we all fall short of glory of God. But yet God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's where it starts. That that acceptance of him making him the Lord of your life. Well, then the persecution and the suffering come. And the reason they come is because Everyone outside is still the same person they were. The difference is you. When you start to have that heart change for the Lord, you start to see things differently. You start to see family differently. You start to see friends differently. You start to see the world differently. And then you have a choice to make. Are you going to do what God calls you to do? Or are you going to live by fear? and shutter yourself in, turn off the lights and hope that no one sees you or are you going to be outwardly focused and do what God calls you to do? The choice is yours. Heavenly Father, I raise up this congregation to you and and whether they're here in the room or joining us for church online, live or watching this recording later, Lord, Lord, I ask that you break that fear. Lord, I don't want anyone to be like a haunted house, especially your church, to where we become so inward-focused that we forget that you call us to be an outward-focused sanctuary. Lord, that we won't close up the shutters and sit in the dark and sit in fear of being persecuted. Lord, our brothers and sisters are being persecuted and dying for you. And we worry about someone not liking us. Lord, may you empower all of those who hear my voice. Lord, that they will be your warriors. That they will take a stand. That they will put fear behind them. And that they will move forward trusting you, trusting their training, what they've learned. And trusting in your word and being obedient to what you call us to do. And, Lord, that we will be your soldiers, we will be your disciples, that we will go into this dark world, Lord, and we will suffer for you. And we will have no fear in doing it, Lord. Lord, I ask that if there's anyone here who don't know you, they'll make that step today, that they won't let fear stop them from making the next step in their life. Or Lord, if there's somebody here and, and they're, they're living by that fear that today will be the day that they put it behind them that they'll come up to this altar Lord that they will leave it here at this altar and leave here a changed person and Lord knowing that we all have faults that we can leave them at your feet and become a better today than we were yesterday and even better tomorrow so Lord I ask that you make them make a move and they make that move for you and make this prayer in jesus name amen hey thanks again for joining us here today at fbc lantana for church online and 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 if if you enjoyed what you saw today i'd just like to ask you to